Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ravenda with Mingle Zone Network. And I am here to bring you a wonderful show. Today's guest will be Mr. Joe Stone Street from the very, very infamous group Black Street. I know you people know who Black Street is. So diggity. And later, we'll be bringing in Mr. Clifford Adams of another great band, Cool and the Gang. They'll he'll be on later, and we'll be talking with both of them about the things that they're doing in their careers right now. Still hanging in there, still doing their darn thing. You know, we got projects coming on, we got new music. So right now, we're going to try to do a little celebration with one of my favorite songs, No Diggity, and then we're going to bring on our first guest, but we'll talk about a lot of things happening with Mingles on Network, too, and our new artists to come. So enjoy No Diggity. Diggity! Yeah. You know what? I like to play no diggity, no doubt. Play on, play at. Play on, play at. Yo, train drop reverse. It's going down, face of Black Street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shaker. Shutting it down, good love. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around Cover much ground, got game by the town Getting paid is a forte Each and every day, true play away I can't get her out of my mind Wow. I think about the girl all the time wow, wow. East side to the west side Pushing fat rides, it's no surprise She got tricks in the stash Stacking up the cash Fast when it comes to the gas By no means average Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down? So I can I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up Class and style, she knowledge by the pound. Baby never act wild, very low key on the profile. Catching feelings is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Curves the word, spins the verb. Lovers hit curves so freak what you heard. Rolling with the fatness, you don't even know what the half is. Got to pay to play Just for shorty bang bang to look your way I like the way you work it Jump tight all day, every day You're blowing my mind, maybe in time Baby, I can get you in my ride I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like 
the way you work it. No diggity. I thought the bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought the bag it up. I like the way you work it. No anybody to be promoted on a radio show so you may see that other people are doing this 
you know, something like that. We don't do that. We just want to be a part of your evolution. So we are here to advertise and promote for you, share your music, and in the future we will also be able to bring you more educated resources if you're trying to have your own music career in the works. If you are interested in letting us help you with the promotion, you can email me, Ravenda, at ravenda26 at yahoo.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-D-A 26 at yahoo.com. Or you can come to the website at www.streetscribesconnect.ning.com. And it's S-T-R-E-E-T-S-C-R-I-B-E-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T dot N-I-N-G dot com. That is our music website for all our artists to come and put your pictures, your music, your bios, any information you want to share. The industry people that we come in contact with will be visiting that site on the regular just to check out the new artists. And then if you get a little message or email, then you are fortunate. You can also go to our business networking site, that's at www.minglezonenetwork.ning.com. We are having slight technical issues, but... They'll be over in a minute. While waiting to hear from our first guest, I wanted to talk about a young lady that we actually had on the show before. Uh, Block Talk Radio is working out their little quirks from time to time. We do have a few issues, and on her last visit, she was unable to uh, have her music played, so we had her sing live. And you can check out the previous show with Makita Allen. And she was singing very well live. And today, while I'm waiting for my first guest, I want to play a song of hers. So, you know, whenever people play this again later, not only will they have the very well-known Black Street and Cool in the Gang music, but Miss Makita Allen is going to share that with them. So while I'm waiting and while you're waiting, we're going to play a little Makita, and then you can tell us in our comments if that was something that you really, really liked. She's from Texas, and she's one of our unsigned artists. She's into uh, she's into uh, spoken word, R&B. And she has a beautiful voice, very talented. Here she is, Miss Makita Allen, with Fly Away. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Makita Allen, for giving us that beautiful song, Fly Away. Makita will be back on the show again, uh, hopefully this weekend. We're going to uh, feature her along with uh, another artist uh, who is named uh, Nadira Narjahan. She's going to come on the show as well. Uh, she is another spoken word artist, and she does sing R&B as well. We're going to have both of them on to uh, just give a little soulful flavor for the females in the business, and then we'll be able to, you know, start getting some more people coming in to be interested in and in singing along. We may even have another newcomer, Miss April Brown, and she's going to give us a few tunes as well. So. Now, today's show, as we were stating before, we have we have Mr. Joe Stone Street, who's going to be featured on our show today. And he's delayed a little bit, but he's still coming in. So what we're going to do now is try to put on another one of our Black Street songs. And that way you can start getting entertained by Black Street while you wait for one of the original band members. Just a moment, we'll be listening to Don't Leave Me Girl. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. The baby, the baby, the baby. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Blog Talk. We're still having a couple of issues, but uh, we're going to go and um, throw in a commercial real quick until we get that worked out. 
they're giving us a hard time bringing in the music, so we'll just put on a little promo, and we'll be right back. This is Lavenda from Mingle Zone Network, bringing you the hottest, unsigned, underground, R&B, pop artists worldwide on Blind Talk Radio, Friday nights at 9 p.m. Don't miss some of the hottest tracks. This has been a Mingle Zone Network. Sound off now. Blog Talk Radio. Promotion exclusive. We are back here at Mingle's Zone Network. And that was just a little taste of our promo that we're going to be uh, showing on a very uh, regular because we have uh, Friday nights for our rappers and our hip-hop artists, and we'll be bringing the baddest rappers out there in the underground circuit. And uh, we're going to have a special guest coming in on Friday. We're also going to have some special guests coming in on Saturday night. And all you have to do is just tune in to Mingle Zone Network Radio on Blog Talk Radio. And we will give you some entertainment for all your hip-hop and rap flavor. And hopefully in the future we'll be getting some you know, a very well-known artists on the show to give us some information and help all of our young upcoming artists learn all there is to getting into the business. So right now, what we're going to do is put on another little tune while we try to work through our issues with our blog talk radio they have something going on. I don't know what it is, but I apologize. And we will do our show again with uh, our Black Street guests. Uh, hopefully we'll get an additional guest on, too. And let me just put on one of my other artists. His name is LeVar Thomas. He has a song called Missing You that's a really great song. So I'm going to play that now. And we will be back with Mr. Joe Street. And he'll be here soon. I want to call and pour my heart out to you. You know I love you, it's the least I can do. For all the love you've given, don't you know I'm missing you? I'm missing you. It's funny how when you call, I answer the first ring. When you're away, I laugh at the pictures that we took last. Seems too long 
it's going too far. No, Hello? 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 Who's this? You're on Mingles on Network Radio. Who is this? This is Joe Stone Street, also known as Mr. Street. How you doing, Mr. Street? I'm very well. How are you? I'm fine, too. I was sitting here just chilling with some of your music. Yeah. I understand you were having some trouble getting in. Yeah, I was having trouble. So trying to hold it down. Trying to hold it down. I was saying that. Love and need of today. Yeah, that's my jam, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I'm very we happy to have you here. So I'm happy to oh, be yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, we are we are just really happy. Um so uh, Black Street was like one of the one of the you know, one of the biggest groups of male singers, R and B singers, you know, especially of my youth. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, my my friends and I used to just try to sing along and then all our little male friends would try to sing along. How uh, can you tell uh, me how you guys got started, how you hooked up together? Well, actually it was just in the hands of fate because uh, Teddy Riley at that time was um, putting together a new situation as far as his production situation down in Virginia Beach, uh, which was uh, uh, he had a uh, record label called um, LOR, Life of Riley, and uh, he was just kind of reforming his whole situation in terms of production so he was looking for producers and artists and things like that to uh, kind of do a resurgence of his label. Because at that time he had Rex and Effects, and they were doing their thing. He had a group called Guy, which was the group he was actually a part of. I think a lot of people probably remember Guy. Um, but they had disbanded at that time, and uh, he was looking for somebody actually to go out and do the remaining dates that uh, were on the road, which was like a million dollars worth of dates he had. So he was looking for a lead singer to go out and just do Aaron Hall's parts, you know, just to do the leads and finish the show, the tour off, so he could do some other things after that, you know, to finish the commitments. But um, so he had heard about me from people out in, in L.A. At that time, I was living in L.A., and I was just working, you know, like I do now in Philly, you know, just working with different people because that's my my joy I get, you know, from working with different young producers and, you know, artists underground, you know what I mean, because that's where it all starts, actually. And uh, he heard my name from some people, and, um, you know, they heard, uh, they let him hear the demo of some of the things that I was doing in L.A., because at that time I was working all over L.A. And um, he heard the demo and uh, told the people he wanted to meet me, so we met. And we talked. He said, I like your music, man. Uh, is that you singing? I was like, yeah. You know, did you, who did the tracks? I was like, well, I did the tracks. I did everything, whatever, whatever. And he said, you want to come to Virginia? I was like, yeah. You know, he said, all right, we'll meet me tomorrow. So <laughs> the next day I was on the plane, headed to Virginia, and um, got there. And the first thing we started that week was uh, Bobby Brown's album. Bobby was doing an album. And... Um, so I ended up doing, like, most of the background vocals for that album. 
And then after that, we just kept going on and on. So one day, I think Sylvia Rohn was in the, the studio, and uh, SWV were there because they were working on um, uh, right here. And that was like Pharrell's first little cameo part with the S double U double V double S. You know, so everybody was excited for him. And but she was in the booth while I was doing the backgrounds to uh, a song called Getaway. And, uh, you know, I was knocking the parts out, and he just pushed the button and said, yo, man, you want to be in my group, man? I'm going to start another group. You want to be in it? And I was like, yeah, cool. So that's kind of how that started. Chauncey, who is called Black, he was already in Virginia working with Guy on the road and stuff, so he had been there. And so he had already been asked to be a part of it. And uh, so then we found a cat named Levi Little, who was a friend of Chauncey's, who lived in uh, Patterson, New Jersey, because they're both from there. We we auditioned uh, him, and he turned out to be the person that we liked out of all the people. And then um, so we said, well, we just need to come up with a name. So uh, Teddy said, well, let's name it Stone Street, because my last name is Stone Street. So I said, that's cool, but... I wanted it to be more of a group effort, you know, to sound more like a group instead of, you know, having it be like highlighted all on me. So I said, well, let's name it Black Street because, you know, we're representing black music, you know, black is beautiful. And uh, we're from the streets and it's a part of my name still. So let's call it Black Street. And that's simple as that. That's how it came about. Oh, that's a very interesting story. So, Mm -hmm. um, how did it feel when you guys came out there and, you, you know, you started working together in front of the crowd of people once you really got out there with your first song? Oh, uh, well, you know, it was it was really wild because the first um, the first song we did was uh, a song called Baby Be Mine, and that was from the, the, the movie CB4. That was from the, the soundtrack uh, from from the movie Seen Before. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but that was Chris Rock, and that was his first that was his first um, feature film where he was the star. I think he directed he directed it or he wrote it, but that was his first thing. And so it was about I think a week prior to us. Uh, making that agreement to do the song, we were wow, uh, yeah, we we were um, in the studio just jamming because we usually do that like on the weekends. We would go in the studio and and just jam all night, and so um, I freestyle everything I do. Like I never use a pen or a pad or whatever, you know. Like if we go cut a record, I just have to hear the beat, and then I just start cutting whatever it is. That's what it is, you know. And I still do it that way. I've been doing it that way for a long time. I think it's better that way because you get, you know, what's coming from straight from your heart at that time, whatever the music kind of makes you feel. So the beat came on. This kid uh, uh, who was a producer down there at that time because he had several producers living there, and that's all they did was just do beats all day, all night, and we would get together and listen to the beats. Well, they were just in there jamming. Uh, Tyrone Fife, that's his name. And... um I just heard the beat, and I was feeling the beat, and I was like, now is the time, and here's the place. I want you. I need you. B. 
baby, baby, won't you be mine, baby, please? And we just started jamming. So he said, man, let's go cut it. So uh, we just cut it. And it was just a weekend. Everybody was there. We were having fun. And SWV, Sylvia Brown, all those people were there, Gene Griffin. And uh, so that song came about. And then, like, about four or five days later, we got a call from uh, the movie people for uh, Sony, I think it was, to do uh, a song in the movie. They was like, well, do you have something that's romantic but kind of funky? And he, and he was like, well, we just did uh, a song that fits that. And so they were like, cool. So now in the meantime, you got to remember, Teddy was like the number one producer in the business at that time. I mean, he was working with everybody. So he was constantly on the move. So he was in New York when we had to turn the song in, and we hadn't turned it in. So they were like, if you don't get the song in to us by tomorrow afternoon, then we're going to uh, put Jodeci in that spot. And, you know, at that time, Black Street wasn't out yet. We were just talked about in the business, but we hadn't came out. So, uh, you know, he had to rush back and fly back. And uh, Franklin Grant was the chief engineer and the manager at that time of the studio. And he stayed in the studio all night and mixed it and sent it to him. And it got there just in time for it to be in the movie. So that's how our first single came about. And, you know, it did well. It was number one. And it did very well. So that's how we came out. That was our first single. And that was the only single for, like, maybe that whole year because he was so busy that we didn't have time to really finish the album. You know, we were just working on cuts. You know, it took a minute. So that song kept us out there for a while, and we just did some shows and things like that just on that. And we did soul training on and on and on and so forth and so on. So so our, my first release was Chris Rock's first release for a movie, so it was two firsts. So now when you when you got started, did you go directly, you know, from the studio to, uh, you know, performing on stage, or, or did you have to do smaller shows or smaller venues before you really got out there? Well, we... Um by by the by being that Teddy was already established in the business at such a level, you know, that he was already known by all the promoters and all the record label people and stuff. So we kinda we kinda was blessed in that sense because uh Chauncey and Levi, you know, they were first time people, you know. I had been in the business for a long time. Uh, but People in the industry knew who I was, and people, you know, a lot of, you know, artists knew who I was. But uh, as far as me having my own situation out there on a major, that still hadn't happened for me yet. So um, so we were all kind of new. But by us knowing Teddy, being associated with him and him being a part of the group, it uh, allowed us to kind of, you know, jump over a few hurdles. But individually, as members individually, we had all been kind of journeymen. You know, we had been out. Like, I've been to Japan. I did the whole Japan circuit thing and, you know, the kind of, like, underground chitlin circuit thing, you know, whereas uh, more, I guess you could say it was a, kind of like a local thing, you know, because I lived in different places, San Diego and, uh, you know, Atlanta and all over, just, you know, performing in clubs and working with different producers in in those areas locally, you know what I'm saying? 
So mm-hmm. people knew me from that. But uh, once we got together, we kind of just started doing stuff. Like we did the Jack the Rapper, which was our first live, you know, performance. And uh, so a lot of people saw us from that. And and the video was, you know, was doing very well on BET and stuff like that. So we we were blessed in that area. A lot of a lot of groups that start out, they don't really get to go straight to that level. So we were we were kind of lucky in that that we didn't have to work so hard as a group, you know, to uh to to get right out there and get right to it. You know, we got our video on BET right away, MTV, and that was because of the status of Teddy, you know. So that made it easier, but. We, so then right away we got on tour, you know, we just hopped on a tour, and I think at that time it was a lot of male groups around, so it was like um, Men at Large and um, uh, Kenny Green's group, uh, Silk, and, you know, a lot of other groups. So we just jumped on that tour right away, so people knew us, and we didn't even know how well we were doing in terms of, you know, status, because we were in Virginia Beach which Virginia Beach at that time, you know, was like kind of low-key. Teddy was probably, you know, the first really hot producer, urban, to come from that situation. But now you got, you know, Timberland and Missy and Pharrell, you know, who was spun from Teddy's camp. Teddy had signed him as a producer, and he had a group called the Neptunes. So they were all there, young kids, and coming up under us and, you know, so that's how that happened. So we started performing live and before big audiences right away. But individually, we have been performing, you know, before audiences of all sizes, you know, like little bars and little open mics. You know, we all did that. So we were all kind of up seasoned in a way. Well, I guess you were pretty fortunate because Teddy was out there doing his thing already and made a lot of connections. Yeah. So now, yes. when, so he was like already like a veteran, you know, yes, and, and just the hookup man already, and, and yes. you guys were just following behind him. So now, um, when you started, you know, feeling more comfortable, and and you know your performance and all, so did you guys start having like ideas of what to do next for the group, you know? So then now it's a group thing and a group decision. Now everybody's got a feel for everything. How did that work out? Well, it was funny because we we definitely had an idea of what we wanted to do. We know we knew that we didn't want to be just like the average group, and then we all kind of came from the church. You know what I'm saying? We were like church kids. Even Teddy, you know, he he used to play for his church as a young person. You know, so we all came from the church, which, you know, kind of like gave us the direction without us even really searching for it. Like once we went to the studio, you know, uh, you could automatically feel the gospel influence, you know, once we got together. And that's why we kind of took our time because we went through different members to find the right person to, you know, to um, take their, their spot in the group. And so, uh, you know, we didn't want to have somebody who, you know, just being frank, we just didn't want to have somebody who didn't believe in in God in our group. You know, they had to have some spirituality about it because personally we all felt that music is is spiritual. You know, it's it's all about 
what you feel and what you, you know, can express from within. So whatever you have been fed coming up in terms of your philosophical beliefs spiritually, you know, some people don't believe in God, you know what I mean? And that's, every man has his opinion. You know, our, our hope was to be able to influence some of the some of the other cats out there uh, that uh, just because you come up out of the church doesn't mean that, you know, you can't express yourself in, in R&B music because a, a lot of kids feel that way and have been taught that, you know, if you sing gospel music, you can only sing gospel music, and if you sing R&B music, you can only sing R&B music. But we wanted to show people that, you know, there's a cohesiveness between both. You know, music is, is about inspiration and inspiring people. So uh, once we knew everybody was on that format in, t in terms of everybody in the group, then we were able to start trying to form a image. And so we wanted to break the barriers. So we didn't try to be like uh, wearing suits and ties and all that. I was like, man, listen, we gotta we got to come out with a different vibe. So we bald our heads. Everybody cut their hair and, you know, went baldy and wore the big boots. And if you look at the first video, you can see we had big leather coats on and, you know, the, just the whole nine, you know, the real urban vibe because we're all from, you know, from the inner city. But we also come from the church, you know. There's plenty of kids that live in this inner city that go to church and they still got that rugged vibe. So, you know, that's how we started trying to form our image you know, and stuff like that. So we wanted the music to kind of not have a one-style thing. Like, we didn't want to be known as, like, crooners. Like, Before I Let You Go was a, a beautiful ballad, but but then, you know, No Diggity was kind of funky and fun and urbanish. You know, we wanted to show people that we could cross all barriers and stuff like that. So once we did that, you know, we just kept it there pretty much. Now you've you've kind of collaborated with a lot of other artists as well, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I remember you. Didn't you do something with um, D'Angelo? Because I haven't heard from him in a while, but it just seemed like everybody wanted to be with Blackstreet. <laughs> yeah, we we worked with a lot of different people. Uh, personally, you know, I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with Stevie, uh, Shaka. Uh, Bootsy, you know, Babyface in L.A. I grew up with L.A. L.A. Reed, who was at that time, they had a group called The Deal, which was Babyface's and L.A.'s first group. And uh, because I'm, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, and that's kind of, uh, that whole region is funk. You know, you got, for those who know, you know, about those type of artists, Roger Troutman uh, with Zap, and then you had Heat Wave, which Rod Temperton, who wrote all Michael Jackson's biggest, some of his biggest songs. The OJs are from there. Uh, Root Boys, Men at Large, uh, Bone Thugs. It's just on and on, that whole area. Um, so I, we have worked with, you know, people like that individually. Levi, he worked with a lot of people. Chauncey was working with uh, Mary J and uh, Joe C. Uh, so everybody had had a chance to work with different people, which I think helped to influence our vibe on stage as far as our performance, you know. So, but everybody definitely was trying to to work with that situation. Uh, Janet, everybody you could think of, because Teddy was such a because Teddy was such a high producer as well, 
you know, everybody wanted his beats and his tracks, you know, so that we were fortunate in that too, you know, to be able to work with somebody who was producing all those people. You know, he did Roughneck uh, for MC Lights, so we got a chance to do that in the SWP. And, oh, that was my song. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. so he worked. You know, he you know. So that allowed us to be able to just get right in the mix and start working with you know artists who were already established. So we were blessed in that too. So now, um, what is the group doing these days? Do they have any new projects going on right now? Well, we always talking about getting together, doing a collaboration, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the labels. Uh, are requesting that, you know, we come back together because I think it's one of the reasons I think is because there aren't too many male, urban male uh, groups out there anymore, you know. I mean, like Boys and Men, that they're not around anymore. And and the groups that are the groups that are out there now, their, their formats are, you know, like not strictly R&B. It's almost like like rap and R&B kind of collide, you know, kind of came together. And so as far as pure R&B vocal groups now, you really don't have that. So I think that the, the, the record industry is finally realizing that, that, you know, that is missing. So they're looking for that sound again. And I think that's why they're requesting that Black Street comes back together. I mean, they did it a few times, but it was never really actually the original group, you know, we had different members come and go, and it and it, it worked for what it was, you know. I think once we decide, if we do decide, and we've been talking about it, to put the original group back together, which is Teddy Riley, Levi Little, Chauncey Hannibal, and Joe Stone Street, which is the original group. Once we, if we can, you know, come together and agree on the business aspect of it, uh, then you know, we'll put that back together, and I think it'll be—I think it'll be a wonderful thing. A lot of people have been talking and get to do that. Oh, absolutely! I—I I would love to to see that happen. You know, to have yeah. all those guys back together, and you know, playing the old songs and coming up with some new songs. You know, that was like yeah. the, one of yeah. the best groups that we ever heard. So now, Thank you. since you've been on a lot of the business for a while, you know, what kind of influence do you think you may have had on some of the people that you've met in the business, you know, like the young artists that you might be working with or come across? Well, I think that we've influenced a lot of a lot of people in the business. Um and I listen to some of the music now and I I can hear some of the some of the influences in terms of their styles and uh, you know, just their vocal approach. Uh, you know, but that's what music is. You know, everyone is 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 inspired by someone. You know, music is supposed to do that. Even though you keep your individuality, you know what I'm saying. You still have to learn from those who have laid the path before you, and then you just walk in that path. But you make different little, uh, you know, like deviations, so that you can establish who you are as an individualist. You know what I'm saying, and so. I can hear, I definitely hear our influences, like in a lot of the young people, you know, today. And, you know, they, I, I, I run into people sometimes if I'm in New York or I may be in a studio somewhere, or they'll be like, oh, man, man, you really, 
you know, influenced me with my music, man. I really, you know, loved what you guys did and this and that. And it makes you, because, you know, people did it for me, you know, and gave me the inspiration to, you know, want to reach out and pursue my dream, you know, by the, just by listening to their music and, you know, hearing that fire, you know, that other people feel, you know, inside. And then you practice it and you learn it and you listen to it. And then you add it into what you do. I mean, you know, there's nothing really new under the sun in terms of, you know, what we see, but nobody can feel like the next person feels, but that's why we're individual. So So now out of the dudes that we got out there now, like Chris Brown and Neo and oh, man. Uh, Joe and, and, you know, those dudes out there, what, what kind of take do you have on those? guys now, you know, like, do you think that you you have an influence on them, or do you think that they could do better? Well, I worked with Joe for a long time, and uh, I worked with Joe for a long time, and I think that I influenced him quite a bit. I think he's a very talented uh, artist. I like him. I love Chris Brown. You know, I, I love what he does. He's definitely been influenced by some of the older artists, you can hear that, you know, like Michael Jackson, who has influenced probably the whole music industry Everybody. today. <laughs> you know and what I'm saying? still in it. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, you can you can see it in, in their dances, even if it's a mm-hmm. girls' group. You know what I mean? You can just see the way people perform like today. Sierra. Sierra. Yes. You know what I mean? She yes. have, like, the most male-influenced uh, performance because she's, She's, I mean, she has a beautiful voice, beautiful mm-hmm. performance, and you can see the way she dances. Like she just respects all of that, you know. Yes, yes. So, did you so, have I mean, you had a chance to work with any of these people? I've worked, I've worked with a, a few of these people. I got a chance to work with some of the younger people when they were just coming out. Like um, one of my favorite uh, groups was they broke up was uh, Cisco's group. Um, Oh, yeah. what's the name? Drew Hill. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a chance I to work. Sad. I was sad about that too. Yeah, I was. But you know, one thing about one thing about um, about R and B music and in general, it's hard to keep uh, those groups together now because it happens so fast now. Like if you look back at the Motown days when Barry Gordy was. Um, putting that whole situation together, and even Philadelphia International and places like that. Uh, back then, those, those groups um, at that time, record labels were more into, which I think uh, Stacks and all those labels like that. And some of the younger people, if you're listening, should definitely do some studying and some research on some of the older labels and some of the older acts uh, like uh, Motown, how they did things, because there's so many, there's so many, there's so many cats out here now that are doing, that are doing their thing, and um, you, but 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 developing the artist is more important than making the money off of the artist. And if and if anybody's out there that's listening to me, remember this: if you're in the music business to become rich and famous then, you know, that's the wrong foundation to build to build it on. Because you got to remember, at the end of the day, 
what comes from the heart reaches the heart when it's in music or if you're a chef or whatever you do, if you're a teacher. You know, you got you to gotta love it for the love of it first. And then everything else kind of follows that. You know what I'm saying? And because then, because the most important thing is to want to be the best that you can be so that you can give the best of yourself to the rest of the world. And then you will be you will be compensated for that. You know, the money and all that will come. But if you look at the money first, then the people already know what, you know, what to uh, to do to control you. See what I'm saying? Listen, if Whitney Houston made $100 million and Prince and all those people got that kind of money from music, then how much did the labels make? So you got to understand right. that it's very, you know what I mean? It's very valuable. And if they could do it themselves, then why would they give you $100,000 to do it if they could do it themselves? They can't. Right. So, so, you know, understand first, recognize, and always remember, no matter what, you're going through it at a time. Remember your value. Your value is very valuable. You know what I mean? It's really priceless. You know, I mean, like $100 million is a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? It is. And so, so that lets you know right there how valuable your talent is, and it's worth way more than that. So don't forget that. So, so don't never sell yourself short. If you know you got it, hey, go for it, and don't let nobody play you cheap, you know? That's right. I mean, that's some that's some knowledge to give all those people out there that don't really know a whole lot about it. I was uh, talking to some people about how it's kind of like a dream, you know, at first when you get into it and you got fans and you got like you're meeting all these famous people. And, you know, I think that the, the young folks get kind of carried away with that and they don't think about the, you know, the, the reality of it and the business behind the scenes. Um, have you ever had any bad experiences, you know, during oh, your yeah. career um, with the group? Yeah, we well, you know, like I said before, by us, uh, you know, kind of being able to skip over a few steps, we were lucky in that. But as far as individually, as our, as like, you know, cats that were trying to get out there and do their music, you know, we all had things that we had went through before, you know. Uh, and even as a group, I mean, it wasn't always, you know, 100%. But we we skipped a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, uh, riding on the bus, you know, uh, not having the rooms. We skipped all that, but we still had to deal with the pressure of success, which is, you know, the women, you know, the money, and you know, dealing with the popularity. Uh, you know, like not really having privacy. You know, you have to know how to kind of carry yourself out there. And you, and the, the, the most important thing is knowing who you are so that you don't feel like other people can define you, you know, in terms of who you are. So that means you don't have to try to feel like you have to fit in to be in, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like if every everybody wearing their pants down by their ankles, you know what I mean? So, we, you know, we're going to come out with a, album cover and everybody's, you know, going to have their pants down by their ankles. Well, hey, you know, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. What I'm saying is that if that's you and that's what you feel, go you know, do your thing. But next week they might wear their pants all the way up to their chest. You know what I mean? It's like you have to know who you are for you. And and if once you know who you are, then, you, then your music, you know, can kind of like express that too. It's all about keeping it real, as they say. 
And the only person you have to really keep it real with is yourself. Once you once you know that and you believe in yourself enough to stand out among the crowd, even if the crowd is going left and you decide to go right, hey, don't be scared to go right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's what's going to make you stand out in the end when the music and stuff is not on the charts and everything else and the people are not screaming and hollering and all that. You know, you'll still be able to uh, be recognized as an individualist because people, are, they'll remember that. So we kind of had that, you know, we kind of knew who we were and what we were about in terms of a group, and that helped us. That helped us a lot to, to stand after things started changing in the business and, you know, the group started becoming more like rap-oriented, like R&B started sounding more and more like rap music because R&B music wasn't really selling that much. So, you know, unless you had a rapper on your song to blow it up. I mean, like, Teddy was already in a rap group with Rex and Effects, so, you know, he kind of already had that that vibe about him. So, you know, it, it was, like, easy for us to just, like, fuse it into our R&B stuff from the whole beginning. But it wasn't like we said, hey, man, we got to go get a rapper to be on our our music so that we can, you know, seem like we're popular. It wasn't like that. When when Dre did No Diggity with us, it was just because he, uh, you know, he knew Teddy. Teddy knew him. You know, we had, been, we had went over into Interscope at that time. And Interscope was basically kind of like a, a more of a hip hop label uh, because they, because the aftermath was there. Well, not aftermath, but uh, what was the death row? Basically, had a, a huge deal with Interscope. So that whole format over there at that time became more of a rap hip hop format because Interscope at first was a pop and rock and roll label, and uh, when they took that deal over there. You know, it became more of a rap, urban vibe at that time. So, so, so when we went over to Interscope, because we originally were at MCA, which was Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, and a few other people that I'm sure people remember. And um, but we just, he just, Teddy decided, oh, well, let's go over there. They liked the sound of Black Street. They liked, uh, you know, our vibe as a group, and uh, and they liked Teddy's production skills. And so we left MCA and went there, and that was right after we did the CB4 movie and put out Baby Be Mine, and then we ended up going over there. So, but we went there because of uh, the business took us there. It wasn't it, it wasn't because we felt that you know this was this was something that we had to do in order to remain popular or or that kind of vibe, you know. So, you know that was. Now, that, when it came to um, when it came to you guys having like you know part of the whole creative you know uh, input like writing songs, uh, how did that work working together and just trying to you know cooperate without having a lot of you know beef amongst each other? Because I know sometimes egos step into the game. And, and, you know, we got people that want, that want to do more than others or less than others. Did you ever have any problems like that? <laughs> yeah, it happened, but, you know, the good thing, like I said before, the industry has a tendency to divide people because of the fame and the money and all that. It um, 
you know, it, it's just the, the pressure of success and then being in a situation where all of a sudden you can just go buy whatever you want or do whatever you want and people's all, people are always, like, kind of, you know, agreeing with you because, you know, you got all these yes-man people around you. So people start to, you know, you can, it could either bring you closer together or it could divide you. And fortunately, it, it kept us together for a while, you know what I mean? So creatively, we we had a, such we had such a such a uh, high level of respect for each other in terms of um, our talent levels. Like I respect Teddy's you know talent. He respected my talent. I respected Chauncey's talent. We respected Levi's talent. So we um, you know we never had a problem with collaborating and working together because there was like a a harmony between the group, a cohesiveness between the group. And so we we never had a problem with, uh, you know, with uh, collaborating. And everybody loves, you know, loves music, and we love to sing and all that. So we constantly re- rehearse and practice and write and stuff. And everybody produces, everybody writes, everybody does arrangements. And so it was it was really cool, you know, in, in terms of that. And if, and if anybody out there... Is trying to put a group together, or rap, whether it's rap or gospel or whatever. If you have people in your group who don't get along or work well with others, you got to get rid of that person right away because they're gonna mess right. everything up. <laughs> so we didn't have a problem with that because of respect. Well, I'm I'm glad that you 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 guys was good together and stay together. You know, and you said you're trying to get back together to bring something back out there. Um, have you talked to all the other members, you know, and, like, kind of got an idea of what you want to bring to this next generation? Well, Levi and I talk, we, Levi and I talk a, a lot. That's the kid who did the song Joy. Uh, that was actually written, that was actually done for Michael Jackson's album and because Teddy produced Michael and he worked with Janet and all that. So, but uh, we talk a lot about getting together and doing some things because we still all go out and do Black Street individually. So, like you may come, you may hear a Black Street uh, name for a show, and you may come out and you may only see one person. You may see Street, or you may see just Levi, or you may see just Dave Hollister, or Black, or just Teddy. And we represent Black Street, just like when the Temptations broke up, they all had all these different Temptations. You know what I mean? So because at the end of the day, we still got to work and we still got to eat and feed our families. You know what I mean? And it's something that, you know, individually we feel that we can carry that name and represent it because we originated it. So, you know, we uh, we still take that approach. But for us to come back together um, as the whole group together, that's something we're, wor- we're working on. And the thing about that is that you, you still you still got to deal with the, you know, you st- you still got to deal with the business people. You know what I'm saying? You still got to deal with the people who put the numbers together, and uh, and the numbers got to work for everybody too. You know what I mean? Like we right. did, you know, we did, you know, very well in terms of we made a lot of people a lot of money, uh, platinum, double platinum, triple platinum, that type of thing. So we made a lot of people a lot of money. So we feel that. If, if we're gonna come back together, then if the numbers are if the numbers are right, you know what I mean, uh, then we'll, we'll we'll all come come together, and 
we'll all come together and, and, and we'll do it again. And it's something that the fans have been asking for and um, emailing and stuff like that. And so everybody's like, well, what's going on everywhere I go? Well, when are you guys going to do something, you know, because they come out, you know, we, you know, like we may go to Germany, like I may go to Germany or Europe or wherever by myself and do Black Street, and it still comes off. They don't care, you know, just as long as they recognize somebody from the group. And we do it, and it's been, and it's been, um, it's been successful. But I know if we come together and do something where all the original members are actually on stage, I know it will be very well, uh, you know, received. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially if it's all original, you know. Because one yeah. thing I dislike is when they bring back a group, and it's like one guy that we all remember. And it's like you cannot match all the people we are used to listening to with new faces like that, you know. And it, and it doesn't seem like it ever goes well to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, they never last. Yeah, you you know, ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. <laughs> well, I'm going to put on one of the hits. Um, I was playing some of the music earlier while we were trying to get back, you know, connected on it because sometimes Block Talk has a little uh, technical issues. And uh, I played a few of your hits, and I'm going to play um, No Diggity right now, give you a, a chance to, like, take a breather. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we'll bring you back on and, and ask you a couple more questions about, you know, like, what what do you have ahead of you with new artists that you're working with, okay? Fantastic. So just chill, and okay. we'll put on one of your songs. We do that. Yeah. You know what? I like to play. No dickety, no doubt. Uh. Play on, play at. Play on, play at. Yo, train drop the verse. It's going down, face of Black Street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Hey, who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving up orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shaker. Shutting it down, good love. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around Cover much ground, got game by the town Getting paid is a forte Each and every day, true play away I can't get her out of my mind Wow, I think about the girl all the time Wow, east side to the west side Push the fat rise, it's no surprise She got chicks in the stash Stacking up the cash Fast when it comes to the gas By no means average Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down? So I can I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up Class and style, knowledge by the time. Baby, never act wild. Very low key on the profile. Catching feelings is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Curves the word, spins the verb. Lovers hit curves so free. What you heard? Oh, 
rolling with the fatness. You don't even know what the half is. You've got to pay to play. Just a shorty bang bang to look your way. I like the way you work it. Trump all day, every day. You're blowing my mind, maybe in time. Baby, I can get you in my ride. I like the way you work it. I got to bag it up. Bag it up. The way you work it, no diggity. I got the bag. Oh, oh, oh. I like the way you work it, no diggity. I got the bag. It up. Bag it up, baby. I like the way you work it, no diggity. That song was written by a, a guy named 
um, Leon Silvers is an old head. Back in the day, he used to have a group called the Silvers. They did a song called uh, Misdemeanor, and um, they kind of like tried to pattern them off out of the Jackson 5's vibe, you know what I mean? But they were really hot on a label called Solar Records. Dick Griffey was the president and CEO of that, of that label. And, um, and so it was like... Um, they were, like, really huge back then. This was, like, we're talking, like, late 80s, early 90s. And um, L.A. people, California people. But they came from a group called Switch, uh, which Switch had a song called They'll Never Be. And everybody remembers those songs now, even the younger people. But the, but the thing is is that um, we, got a, we got a chance to work with, with all those people from back in the day and, and um, they influenced the sound a lot. You know, a group called the Gap Band, which Guy came out and was a derivative of that, you know, because they were so much like the Gap Band, which is Charlie Wilson and um, those people. But um, we're going back a, lot, a long time now. I'm not going to, you know, tell everybody how old I am. But but truthfully, when I, when I got with the group, I was already kind of like um, an older cat, you know, Chauncey, Levi, and Teddy, they were much younger than me. But I just I just looked young. But I had been in the business for a long time before I even got with the group. But uh, they didn't care because I had a young look and a young sound, a young approach to things. But I had been in the industry for a long time. I know a lot of people and have dealt with a lot of people from from every aspect of this business. So I was blessed to be able to to get with those guys later on in, in my career and um, and form Blackstreet. So, yeah, but I would have to say before I let you go, it was like my favorite. Now, um, our next guest is going to be uh, Mr. Clifford Adams, and um, I wanted to ask you, had you ever had opportunity to work with either him or any of the other members of Cool in the Gang? Well, you know what? It was that's weird because I'm working with one of my artists because I have a I have a production company called Marshall Law Entertainment out of Philadelphia, and um, we're, we're trying to make a surgeon into the business as an entertainment production record label, you know, company. We're looking for young artists and. Um, anybody, you know, you don't have to be young. You can you know, you could be you could be a hundred years old. If you got a vibe if you got a vibe then we're um the, the, we're the kind of people who believe in people who believe in themselves. And we're looking for good talent and stuff like that. But it's weird because like I said, I'm from Ohio and one of my friends, his name is Dean Mays, and he um called me up one day and this was like after Black Street, I believe. And he said, hey, man, you know, we're looking for a lead singer because JT quit the group. And we, You know, I was telling him about you, and I went and met with them, and we talked. And it didn't happen. It just wasn't time or, you know, for it to happen, I guess, because I believe that all things are directed by the Most High. So it didn't happen, but I met with Cool, and I met with all those cats, and they know a lot of my friends and things like that. And... Uh, so I, I, I know him, and I, he's a very talented person and a very beautiful brother, very very nice brother. So I know who you're talking about, and he's, he's going to be uh, very interesting. So 
for me to listen to. I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting him. Maybe you can hook us back up. But well, I, I think I'm I'm bringing him on the line with us now. So okay. you know, I'm going to introduce hey you guys. If you haven't met each other, uh, we know Clifford, each other. Are you there? Oh, oh yeah, I'm right there. now. Oh, they got the old Dean Mays. That's my main man. Uh, <laughs> I love that brother. That brother is uh, he's, he's a real person. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as Blackstreet, um, did you remember you did No Show on uh, yeah. uh, on our uh, Hits Reloaded album? Or or Teddy, I don't know. It was, uh, I wasn't in the studio when they did it. But it was, yeah, uh, well, you album. know, so so much stuff be going on. You know how it is, man. No, I don't. I'm in Japan somewhere, in Osaka somewhere. So. No, I know. I understand. I understand. It's good but, to uh, hear you. Man. Yeah, get good, good hearing you. Yeah, I, I had to give Maze a call a little later and let him know uh, we spoke. Yeah, I'll be. I'm right here in Philadelphia. Are you in Philly? Yeah, I'm right in uh, by Trenton. You know. Oh come on, that don't make no sense, man. Yeah, we, we got to change and exchange numbers definitely. Let's let's do some hit records. I, I got a lot young. Oh, I'm ready. I, I I'm uh. Like I got a lot of young artists and we ready, man. That's great. All right, well we we'll, we got we got to hook up. Listen, I know I know you're getting ready to come on here and do your thing. I just wanted the people to know there's a young artist that I'm working with. Her name is Britannica, and she's a she's a vocalist and she's a rapper, and uh, we're working on her project now. She's also Rick James's niece, and she kind of grew up under Tina Marie, and and uh, so she has that experience under her belt. And uh, Tina's going to work on her album with her, and she did some things with Dre and Eminem. She's on those projects, uh, and the whole death row situation. But I'll, I'll just before we go, I just wanted um, you guys to say hello to her and the people. This is Britannica. I'm going to holler at you guys real quick before we go. Okay. Hey, Britannica. Hey, how are you? How you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? Well, we are good in the hood, and we are just happy to have, you know, the next the next beauty uh, diva out there that's going to be, you know, bringing us some nice flavor. You got a, a really good uh, uh, teacher right there. And um, what we're going to do is have you come on on another show so that you can blow, and you can just let us hear what you got there because we really appreciate, you know, all that our our veteran artists do to help us, you know, learn exactly what the classics are. So you probably learned a whole lot from Joe, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I have. Sometimes I get a little irritated by that introduction just because it doesn't really encompass, you know, my family. You know, it's like just a tiny little piece. It's a huge piece, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'm trying to make my own mark a little bit. (laughs) You will. Don't worry. You know, and um, although, you know, I've grown up in in the business under some of the greats, I kind of, when it comes to my rhymes and and my writing ability, I've I've just been a a tad bit selective on, you know, because I was in a group called Triple Threat, Signed to the Row, I used to be a member of what you now know as the Black Eyed Peas. We were tri- we were a tribe beyond a nation signed to Ruthless Records before Peas came out. So you know, my history is a, a little bit different than than uh, my family's, <laughs> you know. Right. And, 
Um, it's been hip no, you got your, you're already in it, so you just like Joe. They were, you know, like they didn't go through the same thing everybody that in the, that are getting into the business now had to go through. So you know, no, to me that's easy. You know, especially with the American Idols and stuff like that. That stuff is 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 a lot easier than what what we went through. <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> I, I, I almost envy envy the, the American idols and 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 the the green the green folks, you know. Right. Sometimes you can imagine what our, ours was like thirty-five years back. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that that's like I, I envy the 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 people that just didn't go through the the game how I did, you know, because there there was no trying. There was executing. And and that was it, you know. Absolutely. Right. So like no later on, <laughs> later on, um, we got a, a we added on another hour because we you know we got a lot of things to talk about still. So if you want to come on a little bit after ten, I'd appreciate it. Just call back into the same number because then maybe we get a chance to um, listen to you. I'd love to, and um, thanks for for having me. I appreciate it. I'm about to perform actually in. Philadelphia. Oh, good. Okay. Con- good, because we're, we're doing a lot of stuff in Philly, so we're going to be looking for you. And hip-hop is alive in Philly, unlike a lot of places I've been lately. It's really alive. I felt like I was in 8 Mile the last time I was here. It really is still alive here. Right. I mean, you know, that's the place to start if you want to start. And yeah. uh, there's a couple other places, but, you know, that's a good place to start. And uh, later on we'll probably talk about, you know, the, the different activities that are coming up because I'll be heavily involved myself. And I'll be broadcasting just about all the shows happening at the uh, Philadelphia Cleft Club, uh, okay. jazz and performing arts, and other uh, locations in Philadelphia doing this whole jazz and music series. And, um, you know, I'll be glad to have you broadcast it as well so everybody can hear how the shows went, those who can't visit with us in Philly. Now, um, Joe, it was a pleasure having you. But if you want to come back on later with Britannica, I'd appreciate it. And uh, I believe you have someone else that you wanted to introduce too. Don't forget that that show at the Tritone with the Philly Collectives, which is an organization that brings all the uh, – musicians together in Philly, and we do a thing, you know, once a month at a place called the Tritone at 15th and South, and, we, you know, we just bring hot musicians together, and we showcase those musicians who, you know, may not be so mainstream right now, and it's a really, really hot thing. Cornell Rochester the a very incredible uh, jazz drummer who's known all over the world, played with all the jazz greats. So, you know, we do jazz, we do funk, we do hip-hop, we do rap, and that's a place where, you know, anybody can be um, seen that may not be getting the kind of uh, response they want from these labels because once we get them, you know, the exposure they need, most of the time then the labels come. So don't forget the Philly Collectives. we got a, something coming up there on the 10th. So hopefully we can get people to come out and check that out. And, so, okay, so that's we're going to definitely do that. We're going to um, be doing a lot of uh, promotional advertising for that. And um, uh, Cliff is going to come on and talk to us more about his part in it as well. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just give him the floor. Okay. So, 
All right, Joe. Hey, Welcome please. to the show. Cliff, I love you, man. You, I love you, man. I love you, man. You're, you're a legend, and you're one of my favorite groups and one of my favorite people. Every time I see you, you always got a smile on your face, and you can play, and you are the truth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So God bless you, and I hope we can get together and make some beautiful music for the world. There you go. We'll be in touch for sure. Miss Revenda. Yes, honey. You call. Give me a call back at like 1030. Call back into the show. And can I just say one thing to you? Go right ahead, like- honey. I like the way you work there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're going to be EXO Lounge, and, and Botanica, Botanica is getting ready to perform at Club EXO, and she's going to do her thing, and it's a hot spot, so everybody remember that on Wednesday nights. So listen out Most for uh, And if you want to do Black Street, uh, you know, send her an email and, ex- and express, you know, the, that you want to see Black Street perform live, and we still can do our thing real good. All right. Okay, y'all. All All right. right. Thank you. Peace. You're welcome. God bless. Peace. Peace. Hello, Mr. Adams. Thank you so much for um, making the show today. Oh, no problem. I uh, had the good fortune of just coming out of the studio myself, um, an album uh, with uh, Ron Carter, Lenny White, and Najee Allen Gums. Uh, I was just in Brooklyn, and I I got back about an hour ago, well, an hour and a half ago, and uh, you know, back to my home, and uh, here I am. Well, I'm glad that you had a safe trip, and you know, I was looking forward to having you on the show. And I understand that um, uh, you're working closely with James Dennis uh, in regards to uh, the jazz series that will be. Yeah, Latin meat jazz. Mm-hmm. And I've had Mr. Pablo Batista on the show and James. And um, what I want to start off first is finding out more about your part in one of my favorite groups, Cool in the Gang. And can you tell me about how you guys got together? Because that's a big group. Okay, well, I mean, let me let me back up a little bit uh, yeah. before Cool in the Gang. Like okay. around 1970, uh, I went on the road with Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, who was a Philly wow. artist. That was my first. I was still in high school. And from there, um, you know, I played with a jazz organist, Charles Erlen, and then the stylistics, and, you know, just kept spinning on. And in the midst of all of that, uh, we would have little battles of the bands uh, with my group, the VSQs, and then... Um, Cool in the gang, and and we, you know, I met the different members, and we all were jazz enthusiasts, you know, and and we we played, and you know, we'd kind of get together before the show and after the show and play a little jazz with each other, and uh, and then in 1977, that's when I officially joined the band, you know, and um, the first album I did was called Everybody's Dancing, and then, you know, Ladies Night, and just went on. You know, to the to the bigger hits with uh, James Taylor JT, oh. but that's how I I you know got started in the group, and uh, actually we used to record in Philadelphia. It's called Graveyard Sound, you know, and then we started recording at the House of Music in uh, up in North Jersey. So um, you know that's just some of the early beginnings of the you know Cool and the Gang things. But in the midst of all that. Uh, I worked with Art Blakey and Max Roach, a lot of the jazz artists. Uh, 
um, pretty much simultaneously. We'd have time off, and then I'd kind of a, went back and forth between the genres, you know, between jazz and and R&B, you know, pop music. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, you like the most between the, the, the different genres? Well, I, I mean, I I love jazz. You know, I'm, I'm that's 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 my love. You know, I I tell a joke, you know, not a joke, but I I always comment on, you know, I play with Cool and the Gang to support my jazz habit. You know, because I have a habit for for jazz. I, I love the uh, the genre, and uh, I had the good fortune of playing with a lot of the jazz greats at an early age, uh, Lou Donaldson and Sonny Rollins, and a lot of people when I was very young, and uh, I was very fortunate. There wasn't a lot of trombones in the early 70s, and uh, I happened to be one of them, and, and I got a chance to play with a lot of these people. Now, when you when you were with the group, did I you still, guys... I'm still with the group. It's not, not a past. Well, I mean, like, you know, when you guys were performing, like, mm-hmm. everywhere, because I know you didn't disband, and we still listen to your music. Um, regularly, even though they don't play a whole lot of the best of the music from, you know, the 70s and 80s, because to me it seems like it's overpopulated by a lot of stuff that's pretty much studio-produced. Now, when you guys, you know, did most of your performance together, did you ever just have anything that was you just wanted to do from just the studio? Did you ever think about, you know, just doing studio work? Like they do now, they go straight there. They don't really think about live. Did you ever want to take that easy route? No, I mean I, I, I'm a performer. You know, I, I mean I I started out in the '60s performing. You know, doing like the James Brown kind of bands, and you know you had to perform. You had to you had to actually do a complete performance. You couldn't overdub, punch in. You know, you had to perform on the spot. You know, a lot of the artists at the time. We're bringing it, you know. I mean, you had, you know, Aretha and, you know, everybody else, James Brown. And everybody. I mean, these people were, were performing. So, you know, you, you know, there wasn't any overdubs and auto-tunes and all that kind of stuff. You had to, if you weren't bringing it, you know, then they didn't want to hear you, you know. So it was a different era, you know. But I, I enjoyed performing. And, and you know, I mean, the, the studio. I mean, you know, I, I do studio work too. You know, I, I try to get keep a uh, balance between all the different uh, outlets. You know, studio work, uh, live performance. You know, things like that. You know, little teaching. You know, different things. Okay. So now you you're living in um, the Trenton area in, right now. Yeah, Trenton area is Ewing. It's a suburb. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, any 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 new music coming from uh, Cool in the Gang? Yeah, they, well, two years ago we did one called Still Cool. I had a song on there called Trust Me, and, um, and we're in the process of starting com- to compile some new stuff now and try to put something out. I guess this year sometime, you know. So that's that's on the the burner. So that's that's what we're kind of getting together right now, you know. And we're still performing. I mean, the day after I leave uh, the Latin meets jazz, the next morning I'm flying to Uruguay, you know, to South America. So. Um, oh, South America! Wow. Yeah, yeah, Uruguay. You know, so I mean, 
we're still, I mean, in fact, uh, Friday I'm going to Mexico, you know, so, you know, we still perform constantly, you know, all over the world. I mean, you know, Africa, Australia, Europe, I mean, we've been all over, South America, yeah. Now, when you when you first you know developed your your desire for getting into music, did you find it you know easy to just jump right into it? You know, a lot of people have told me that you know they like it and all, but once they get started and it becomes real to them, you know, it, it's sometimes a challenge. Did you ever have any challenge challenges? You know, when you just first got into the music business? Well, I, I mean, I'm a trombone player. That's that's a challenge in itself. Because mm-hmm. it's not your most attractive instrument, and and, it, and it's uh, not the easiest. It's somewhat difficult to really make a decent sound on the instrument. So it, you know, it's not something that you know you can just uh, jump right into. I was very fortunate to learn pretty fast. I, mean, I had been playing about four years, and then I was on the road. So I, I was really uh, blessed to be able to develop at a rapid rate, so that I could actually. And and travel and record, um, you know. So that that's how my progression. In fact, when I started playing, they asked if anybody want to volunteer to play the trombone in the auditorium because they didn't have any people playing in the band. And so that's how I got started. You know, it wasn't that I started taking lessons and then decided to join the band. I joined the band and then started learning as I was playing, you know, songs. So I kind of did it backwards, you know, but uh, it worked out. Well, I'm glad it did because, you know, mm-hmm. it had, and we wouldn't have had the, the honor to have you with us today, you know, and to have all these years of enjoying the music of the band. And um, so now James has told me, James Dennis, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was our, our previous guest uh, discussing all the activity that's going on in the Latin meets jazz. Uh, he may be calling in later. Um, can you tell me how you got involved with that project? Well, James called me. Um, you know, I, I mean, I play in the Philly area. I was at Ort Leeds uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, a guy named um, Sid Simmons was doing a live recording, and I played. You know, I play. I play a lot in Philadelphia. And uh, and years ago, uh, I actually received the you know Critics' Choice for uh, what it was in 1996 for the jazz trombone you know player, best trombone and things like that. So I'm always in the Philly area. You know, a lot of I have a lot of friends, a lot of musician friends there, and uh, you know, so that's that's kind of my connection down there. And that's how I you know that's what I'm, and actually I met. James, I'm um, doing, uh, you know, sometimes I'll do like a little wedding band thing, you know, and with some of my friends, you know, guys are real funky, and I get to play a lot of different kinds of music, Earth, Wind, and Fire music, and, you know, like I say, Rick James and all that, so I do that occasionally, and uh, and that's where we met, and, uh, and like I said, I know a lot of the jazz, I mean, jazz artists and funk artists in Philadelphia, get to play with a lot of them, a guy, um, Henry McMillian, we have a group called the uh, Gorilla Funk, you know, band, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of good, this is some of the guys play with the OJs, and, you know, it's just a, a group of different musicians that are on the road 
and we come together and and you know play some funk. Yeah. Have a good time. Now, can you see any of you know the music from I would say the funk era? Can you see any of that being repeated in any of the the music today? Like you know, can you can you find a trace of it at all when you look at it yourself personally? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, fortunately, um, I guess of the sample bands, you know, for the different rappers, Cool and the Gang is like the number one sample band. You know, James Brown is the number one sampled artist, you know, so, solo artist. So, I mean, little snippets of our music show up in many places, like the D'Angelo song, um, you know, that was the whole Cool and the Gang track, you know. So, uh, yeah, Little Kim, and, you know, a lot of people use use our music. It's a lot of the movies, uh, Baby Boy and Roll Bounce, you know, a lot of Hollywood swinging, you know, they use. Yeah, I remember that. They played a lot of that funk in that movie, Roll Bounce. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, know, the, the music is being used, you know, in a lot of different areas, you know, like in rap and movies and. You know, it's the movies kind of staying alive. You know, and the, and, the, and the rappers have kept it alive through different, um, you know, little samples that they've been using. Is there anything you you know about the industry today that you would like to see change for the you know for the better? Well, you know, I mean, I just I just you know, like again, I'm a performer, and uh, you know, I I just more music. You know, I mean, you know, there's some things that that I that I like to, you know, that I hear that that they're good, but just be good to hear a little more progression, just a little more music, you know, in whatever, you know, the vocals or even the rap, you know. I mean, seeming seemingly it's more coming in, you know, like a lot of the neo soul that started incorporating a kind of a a little fusion of jazz and and funk, you know. So, you know, it'd be nice to see that see it continue in that direction. You know, just so that the younger people can kind of get a sense of, you know, like this, you know, like we were, our our mentors were like Miles Davis and John Coltrane, Cannonball Adderley. So, you know, from listening to our music, that's the influence, and then so it kind of trickles down to the younger folks. But it would be good if, if you know, a lot of those influences could be in the music now. I mean, still keep its identity, but you know, just add some of those jazz influences because that's our art form i mean everywhere in in the world that i go japan i don't care if it's africa australia they're trying to play you know this music that was born on this soil you know jazz right and um you know so it just needs to be revered a little more you know i mean people over in those countries you know they know where, where a person was born and clifford brown you know the jazz artist he was born in Chester, PA, and, you know, and they know the history, you know, just like they know Beethoven or Bach. I mean, it's it's an important art form. And uh, so i just like to see it get a little more attention. Yeah. I would agree with you 100%, you know, because okay. uh, I, I do see it sometimes getting away, and then I have to really research a lot of the new artists to really listen because sometimes I'll hear something, you know, and it'll be like, a hint of a, a group from the past. Uh, they might have a, a little bit of a sample. I know Jay Z puts a lot in his rap. Yeah, yeah um, I hear a lot of which, 
Jay Z and Common. Yeah, he uses yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, so tell me more about the um, the uh, Latin Beach Jazz Project. Right. Um, because it looks like we're running out of time. Although I will add on another show. If you want to call back in, it's fine after we, you know, finish this show. Because I, I, I didn't know a lot of people were going to be on to, you know, with uh, with Joe to come mm-hmm. in. So they might want to come back, and you're welcome to come back too. But just kind of give us some words about, you know, the project that you're involved in, because we're doing a lot of heavy promotion for that right now. Well, like I say, I mean, you know, you have John Blakey, the great violinist, played with McCoy Tyner, a lot of great artists. Uh, Monette Settler, you know, the first lady of jazz down in Philly. So each week, for a series of, 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 of amount of six weeks, they're going to have a different featured artist. Uh, fortunately, I'm kicking it off on the 23rd, which is next Thursday of April, and uh, in the five subsequent you know, subsequent weeks, they will have another jazz artist. You know, um, and and that the setting. The background is Latin jazz, and so we'll be the, the you know improvising and playing you know along with with the group and uh, and like I say Latin meets jazz. We'll be that's what we'll be doing. We'll be improvising over top of uh, some great you know Latin musicians. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. I'll be there every week. And I'll be checking out the show and uh, just bringing back some information to the to the people who can't be there. Mm-hmm. I have, and, in fact, uh, I, I sent you some files. Um, I mean, you know, time's kind of running crazy. But um, one particular song, I have two CDs out. One is called The Master Power, uh-huh. and the other is called I Feel Your Spirit. And... Uh, you know, I sent two files. One is called Dreams of a New Saint, and one is called I Feel Your Spirit. And uh, so maybe, you know, in the next segment, and we can play one of those things. It's kind of a Sama Latin kind of jazz feel. Uh, you know, so, you know, there might be a possibility, you know. Almost definitely. Uh, well, yeah. since we're running out of time, what I'd like to do, um, if we want to come right back, I'm going to take a break and let you get maybe a little a little break. Uh, can you call back in at about ten fifteen? Okay. Maybe like you, I, say, I know you just yeah, came in from a, a look, long look, trip. Yeah. See, see if uh, the file is up. You know, if you can. Yes, have a and I'll load that, and then we can we can jam some more. Sounds good. Okay, so I'll talk to you in about fifteen minutes. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, and then we'll bring James in on that too. Okay. And talk some more about the uh, Latin about the series, jazz. Yeah, the jazz series. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, everybody, if you want to come back later uh, after 10, we're going to be doing some more music. I have so much more Cool in the Gang music to play, and we're going to play some new music by Clifford. And uh, I appreciate you all being here. And that's our first segment of Mingles on Network Radio. Okay. All right. All right. You can hang up. Just hang up and call right back. Okay.
rapist. 